Support for Veterans Corner on Veterans Corner Radio is made possible by M&M Printing and the Observer News of Ruskin. Hello and welcome to this edition of Veterans Corner Radio, information for and about veterans. For this podcast, host Bill Hodges welcomes back Dr. Colleen Jakey, Chief of Staff of the James A. Haley Veterans Hospital in Tampa. As Chief of Staff at one of the largest VA hospitals, Dr. Jakey is involved with all aspects of the hospital system. During this coronavirus pandemic, she wants to keep you informed as to what steps the VA is taking to protect you and provide essential services to the veterans community. This podcast contains contact procedures and phone numbers you will need should a medical situation arise. It also shares with you some of the headway the VA is making toward opening up facilities. You will be delighted to hear what they are doing to restore services to a more normal standard. Here now is Bill Hodges with Veterans Corner on Veterans Corner Radio. Welcome to Veterans Corner, a show dedicated to providing information to all those who have served our country's military and to their families. Now, here is your host, newspaper columnist, management trainer, and Air Force veteran, Bill Hodges. Hi, I am Bill Hodges, and this is Veterans Corner. And with every Veterans Corner, don't forget, there'll be things you're going to want to write down, so have a pencil and paper. If you have someone else in the house to listen with you, have them come in. An extra set of ears will always pick up more information. Today, I have one of my most favorite guests, Dr. Colleen Jakey. She is chief of staff for one of the finest veterans hospitals in the country, James A. Haley, here in Tampa. Thank you for coming on the air with us, Dr. Jakey. Oh, thank you for having me, Bill. I enjoy it. I'm happy to be here. You know, I, I get calls all the time as a veterans advocate from people saying, well, you know, my wife is going to the doctor and I'm having trouble getting in to see my doctor. What is the criteria by which the hospitals within the VA, are you autonomous? Do each one get to set your own or are there rules you have to go by? If you don't mind, I'll just take a minute and sort of tell you our current status and sort of where we stand from a COVID standpoint. Um, As everyone knows, the country is continually changing, right? So at first, New York had a huge influx, then the Southeast, which was us over the summer. And now it seems that the Midwest has a greater proportion of COVID patients. And so each of us, based on our region, have to be adaptable to that. So even with all that being said, once there is not a large surge in your community, or if you're in a pause between surges, because we know they're going to go up and down, there's not going to be the one first surge, the second, they're going to go up and down. And so we have gotten to really a new norm, which is how do we provide all of our normal care while at the same time maintaining safety for our veterans and our staff, knowing that COVID is in our community. And so the new- Yeah, I think that is probably the most important. This is our new norm, being able to protect everyone, but still provide care. So we review daily at our facility, uh, what is our hospital census? What is our COVID patient hospital census? 
What is the number of our patients in the community who aren't admitted who have COVID? Uh, what is the community level of COVID that's going on at the time? We look at all of those things and on a daily basis review, are we a green go status? Can we continue moving forward? Because we have very advanced plans as we are transitioning from essentially 100% virtual care, now adding back in face-to-face care in the areas where it's needed and required, but also still maintaining a proportion of virtual care. And so when we look at our workload and how we were compared to a year ago, we are back to, with primary care, mental health, and almost specialty care, back to about 100% or 120% of our workload. But again, some of that workload remains virtual. We have to maintain in our clinics a decreased number of patients and staff so that we can maintain social distancing. The best way we can protect each other is by wearing our masks, social distancing, and washing our hands. And so in the clinics, we have to manage that. I personally have had experiences outside the VA in the past few weeks in doctor's visits and hospitals where non-VA facilities are doing the same thing. You know, a family member can't come in because that increases the number of people waiting in a waiting area or in the doctor's office, and then we can't keep social distancing. So we're all doing similar things, maybe in a slightly different way, but similar things to maintain social distancing. So our premise for care now is providing care face-to-face that needs to be face-to-face, continuing care virtually to whatever degree possible that we're able to do it successfully, uh, limiting visitors in the main hospital and at our clinics. And that's going to go on for a while because that's the only way we can keep adequate social distancing but still see the patients. But also trying when we do that to have a family member, you know, on the video camera, on FaceTime, on the phone so that they can participate in that visit. And so the other important thing that I'd love to use this forum to talk about, we've talked about before is vet text. So what we would like is when you come to an appointment, not to come inside right away, but to text 53079 and say here. And then the clinic will respond back and then the clinic will tell you when it's time to come in. Does that work at all the clinics now? Correct. Originally, there was some problem with some of the clinics not having that work. That's right. And so now it is working, and especially in a clinic such as So High, which has plenty of parking, and it's quick to get in when they're ready to see you. But that actually allows us to see more patients, because the more patients that wait outside and only come in for their appointment, then that decreases the number that are inside the building, and so then we can get more slots of appointments in and have people in and out. So I think that's a very important point I'd like to emphasize today and and encourage our veterans to use. But the The new normal, continue to wear masks in our facility and continue to be screened on arrival. So you will come to the clinic, someone will ask you questions about your health, they will take your temperature. Those are all new normal that's going to continue for the foreseeable future. And actually, veterans, no matter where you are in the country, are going to be able to do about the same thing. They'll expect that they're going to have to be screened, probably not be able to bring anybody in with them. What's the situation with our guide dogs and things of that nature? Yeah, at this time, we're still limiting dogs. 
you know, we know that there is information that dogs and people touching dogs and, you know, can be a vector for COVID. And so uh, we're working through that as we work through. We have a committee that meets a number of times a week. It's called our Moving Forward Committee. And it reviews things just like this every week. Are we ready to start this? Are we ready to start that? And that committee continually has reopened and added care. We've not taken any steps back to decrease care in the past number of months. So I'm happy to say that we are just continually increasing. Dental is a great example. You know, dental care is a high risk care for COVID um, because it's your airway. And so as we've been adding testing abilities, we have increased and increased and we are getting close to about 100% capacity at our clinic for dental. So Yes, we have to catch up with those that had their appointments postponed, but we're functioning in dental in a way that will allow us to do that. I think it should be pointed out for those listening that dental care is only provided to those who have a military disability directly relating to dental care or are 100% as far as military disability is concerned. So, Don't everybody get on the phone and call the dental clinic and say, oh, they got dental now. Let me have some of that. Great point, Bill. Great point. Yes, very important. The clinics themselves. There are a lot of things that you're doing out there that I think are very interesting. One is you have a drive up, and I assume this is with all the clinics, for audiology. If you have a broken hearing aid and you want that hearing aid fixed, you can drop it off. Well, you're lucky in Sohi because Sohi has that currently. And at one of our facilities up here in more of the town of Tampa has that. Not all of the clinics have that set up yet. We're working towards that. But Sohi is fully set up. Sohi also has a drive-up pharmacy, right? So we're still preferring if you can get your medications mailed to you. But it does have pharmacy capabilities. I wrote it here. From 8 o'clock to 3 p.m. in the afternoon, they have curbside pickup for medications. Still preferred to have them mailed, but if you need to pick them up, your ability to go and curbside. And then the other great drive-through thing that we have at all of our clinics uh, is a drive-through flu vaccine. So I'll use this opportunity to encourage everyone to get your flu vaccine. I know that for years, people have had concerns whether you should or you shouldn't, and you know what's the recommendation? Uh, I know we're worried about COVID now, and we can talk about COVID vaccines, but flu itself is a significant virus that does kill, and it kills those particularly with medical problems. So please get your flu vaccine. Just drive through. You don't even have to get out of your car. Do you have to make an appointment for that? You do not. So there'll be somebody there or some area when you drive up to one of the clinics? Correct. It's important to get this shot. i be honest with you. My lungs aren't all that great. If they ever get the burn pit thing through, we're going to have another discussion. But the fact is, with people, especially older people, getting that flu shot right now may prevent them from having a more serious condition with COVID. Is that correct? I agree. You know, we're worried about the combination of having flu and COVID together. Um, And with those seasons, you know, the flu season sort of joining with that, that is a worry to us. So uh, please take every opportunity and get your flu vaccine now. Now, if I get someone and they call me and say, yeah, we're going to have a virtual appointment and I don't feel comfortable with that. Can I say, hey, I'd rather have a one-on-one Yes. 
So if you are requesting face-to-face -face care, then we will work to make that happen. I would encourage you, if someone is offering a virtual appointment, I would encourage you to take that virtual appointment and see if that meets your needs. And if it doesn't and you still want a face-to-face -face visit, then we will make those arrangements. But if someone's offering you a virtual visit and you have the ability to do it, now again, the clinics are calling ahead of those appointments, walking through and making sure that you are comfortable and able to do the technological things that are needed for that appointment. So if someone's offering you a virtual, I would encourage you to take it even as a first visit. It doesn't mean that after that you can't then say, nope, I really need to see someone, and then they'll make you an appointment. You know, I think that's a really good idea. I hadn't thought of that. Actually talking to your doctor at the time on the virtual appointment saying, look, you know, I feel much more comfortable if I came in and talked with you about this, that, or another thing. Yeah, I think it's a great way to do it. Um, and, and maybe there are some things in the interim they can help you with while they're scheduling that appointment. Because there may be a delay because of the backup right now of all the people who didn't get a face-to-face -face who want one. Yeah, so we're working through all of our appointments currently that were delayed due to COVID. And so whether it's a consult or it's a return to clinic appointment, and we are actively working on rescheduling those now. But yes, there are a volume, and so we have to work through them. They are prioritized, and so anyone who has urgent or emergent needs, then we absolutely get them in and see them right away. But for routine follow-up care, we are going through a scheduling process. I would point out, out at the Sohi or Riverview Clinic, depending on who you're talking to, same clinic folks, that George Denby did a program on getting urgent care very early on, and that one has almost 200 downloads. So people are very interested in getting that kind of information. Is there anything that we haven't talked about that you'd really like folks to understand, especially going up to the mothership there at James A. Haley? That's a big building with lots of things going on. Anything that we should know if we're coming up there? I'll just remind you again that we are not having visitors for patients. We are working on ways to expand our visitation options. And so if you have a, a family member who is an inpatient in the hospital, we are working on that because we need to do it safely and again, control our numbers onto the facility. So more to come on visitation when you're an inpatient. But similar to the clinics, if you are coming here for an appointment, we're going to ask the veteran comes alone or gets dropped off unless they have physical or mental health needs that require a companion, but we ask that you get dropped off and then after your appointment, get picked up. For procedures, we're doing the same thing. We have a drop-off area where someone having a procedure will be dropped off. You'll communicate back and forth with the staff, whoever is the companion or driver, and then you will pick the person up after the procedure's done. And so we're not using waiting areas and having family members wait in our waiting areas. Again, all ways to maintain social distancing, and that allows us to actually do more procedures. If you could imagine, if we had family members waiting in side, we could only do the number of procedures that would allow us to be able to turn over those family members. This way, we keep going with the procedures, calling the family members. So, so that's a great thing. The other thing is we do have a new ability that if someone does not have a companion, does not have a driver, that we do have a new companion contract that if you have to have a procedure that requires sedation, and normally you have to have a driver, if you don't have anyone, we have a service now that will help us take the person home and even stay with the person if needed. Oh, wonderful. How do we do that? 
if you're having a procedure done, you just ask the clinic. So whatever procedure area that you be having, you say, look, I don't have a driver, but I know there's a service. And then they take care of making those arrangements. We've got just a few seconds left. But one thing that I meant to touch on earlier is the optical clinic. We have one of the best optical clinics in all of VAs, actually probably one of the best optical clinics in the country, bar none. Is it going back into full function? Yeah, so it's open and running. We are gradually increasing the number of patients we can see each day. And again, though, we really, that, that is such a busy clinic with so many clinic spaces inside that we really can't have folks waiting inside. And so yes. using vet techs for that clinic is how we're going to get the most patients seen. So if you can use that vet techs technology with that number, I'll give it again, 53079, and you text here. Uh, if you use that technology, that will allow us to keep seeing more and more. So we are every day increasing the number of patients we're seeing in that clinic. What about getting eye checks, getting glued glasses and things of that nature? Is this starting up also? Yep. So routine eye visits are starting up. We are working on what our schedule will be. So where you may have gotten eyeglasses or visits at a certain interval, we may be widening that interval a little. We are, are working through that right now. Dr. Jakey, I thank you so much for coming on the program. The people love to hear you. They learn so much about what's going on at our VA. And our VA is, as I said, a flagship for all of the VAs. So much of what the people here who are listening in California and other places, they're going to be able to go to their hospital and have much of the same thing, or at least ask for it. Correct. Yeah, so thank you for having me. I want to put my plug in again for keeping yourself safe. So yes, at our facilities, we require you to wear a mask, but please, when you are out and about, maintain social distance, wear your mask, and wash your hands frequently. So please just take care of yourself and be safe. Good advice, Dr. Jakey. Thank you so much for being here. I'm Bill Hodges. This has been Veterans Corner Radio. You're unique, you're special, and you're great. Tell yourself so often because you are, you know, and we'll talk with you again on the next Veterans Corner radio broadcast. You've been listening to Veterans Corner with your host, Air Force veteran Bill Hodges. The views expressed on this program are those of Bill and his guests and are opinions based on the best available information. In matters of law or governmental regulation, it will always be best to check with the appropriate agency. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us for the next Veterans Corner. Here's a quick final thought. If you're enjoying these podcasts, why not take a minute to subscribe or mark Veterans Corner Radio as a favorite? It's easy, and you'll be set to be among the first to find out when new podcasts are published. And thanks again for listening to Veterans Corner Radio.